0: down. We're cruising on some late night highway excursion, gonna go solve a crime somewhere. Locked and loaded with our revolvers. Wearing wraparound sunglasses at night. Oh, you know it. It's Tuesday. Got a little Phaserland playing and tonight is going to be a nice little uh, short engagement we've got some incredible news incredible news to relay to you all and we have a friend with us tonight that we have not seen in a little while james black conservative patriot is on so we're going to get a little bit of you know an update from him what's going on in his life and then we're also going to talk about a couple of things that has been hot hot topics for him on his channel on his shows, his uh, his analysis. But um, I think the the main topic I'm going to be covering before we bring on James is yet another act of sabotage that is going to be spun as Russia, uh, you know, attacking itself in desperation because they're losing the war against a army-less country. <laughs> it's... I hate to chuckle when so many people are dying, but... I, they, they obviously want to expand the kill zone way beyond, far beyond Ukraine, so I'm just trying to keep things a little bit, um, I don't know, at least a, a little bit easier to, to accept. So we have to talk about this dam that has been um, destroyed, and that is going to have a major trickle-down effect in that entire region, and uh, and of course, the, the move to pull, to pull it, pull it. Ah, just pull it. To Silverstein, the dam is uh, is already on record. That's the the most incredible thing about it. It's already on record. Last ditch resort. Well, I guess where it's appropriate, it's appropriate that's happening now because if you would describe anything as a last ditch resort kind of phase of the war, that's that's what we're looking at right now for the the puppet masters behind. The uh, the the I don't know this shell game that we're playing here. So we're gonna be talking about that in just a second. I want to thank my sponsors for being with me this month, uh, this this week, for the last year and a half or more. Thank you so much to BlueMonsterPrep.com. You know what I wish I had today? One of those Blue Monster Prep gas masks. Cause I woke up this morning. I woke up this morning, and uh, you know we're getting the we're getting. We're getting aurora ready for breakfast and everybody's just milling around the house doing their thing and it looked like an overcast day and then suddenly i look there's a little square of sunlight i think it's sunlight it looks like a lamp i don't know like like a street lamp had been somehow shining a square of light into the bedroom and i'm saying it's too no, it's not dark enough for a street lamp to do that, and our street lamps aren't pinkish orange. It's a very peculiar color. In any other circumstance it would be quite intriguing and beautiful. Then I looked outside and said, Why the hell is the sun pink? What the hell's going on here? And that's when all the news started getting around that these wildfires in Nova Scotia, in Canada, they are swirling around the northeast and boy we are feeling over here in the southeastern part of New York I can't imagine what it's like for the rest of New England but today um, today was incredible as far as the kind of Sun that we had showering down on us the 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 smokiness to everything and we had a lot of we had a, a lot of unhealthy air quality warnings that were being passed around Canadian wildfire That's what they said from Fox 5, New York. Thick acrid wildfire smoke from multiple blazes burning in Canada has invaded the skies across the Northeast, prompting an air quality alert for New York City and much of the Northeastern United States. So they're talking about just uh, all types of problems for people with heart disease. And if you have asthma, it can infuriate that a little bit. Air quality alerts all over the damn place new york new jersey i see actually goes that goes down to maryland some of that air quality in pittsburgh i don't know how that jumped over the rest of pennsylvania but um but yeah and we had that orange sun i put a picture of it into the gilded we're gonna be doing a lot of uh, gilded exclusive stuff in there and uh i put that in there too we we're almost ready to start taking calls from gilded as well So that'll be nice. Gotta get back to full working order over there. And, And yeah, so I wish I had a gas mask today because these are the things you just can't plan for. You just can't plan for wildfires in Canada that come swirl down into your part of the country. I feel like a little grogginess in my voice, a little bit of a headache. I don't know if that's what that's all about or perhaps I'm just a little dehydrated. But um, thank you to bluemonsterprep.com. Everybody go there and thumb through their wonderful selection, everything that a household would need to encounter any and all emergencies, seen and unseen, unforeseen, foreseen and unforeseen. So go and check them out. Use promo code, frankly, and check out everybody else on the affiliates page on frankly.tv. All right, and then there's this. I wanna talk about this real quick. Now, I don't know what nuance I'm missing or what the operational norms in the Navy or the military at large is, I don't know what I'm missing out on here, but here's the headline. USS Ford Carrier Strike Group Sails Under NATO Command in the High North. In a continued sign of transatlantic unity, the USS Gerald R. Ford came under NATO command today while preparing to conduct activities in the Norwegian Sea with other maritime forces from allied nations. The Ford is on a scheduled deployment to the European Theater. This transfer of authority to Naval Striking and Support Forces, NATO, demonstrates the alliance's ability to integrate the high-end capabilities of the first in-class carrier, U.S., Uh, It is, uh, its strike group escorts and embarked on air wing during a series of planned maritime security activities and training. Norway is the first or is the host nation of these events, which will also take place over the following week. Now, like I said, I don't know what the norms are operationally or otherwise, or if it's just if it's just nomenclature or whatever the hell's going on, but the insinuation that any one man or woman, any serviceman or woman in our military could be ordered to do something by a foreigner is obscene to me. I understand having to coordinate with allies, I understand the whole idea of joint exercises, but for any serviceman, in the united states military to take an order from a commander of some international military conglomerate instead of an american commander is is obscene to me so i don't know i would love to get some insight from those of you in the audience who have some to give you can email me uh we can bring that up tomorrow or the day or whatever that comes in i would love to know more about this because I understand you have allies and you have friends out there and it's just good maybe just good maritime uh exercises to run with people and 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 you just you do things sometimes in a joint uh uh environment but this Concerted collaborative efforts such as Gerald R. Ford's seamless transition to NATO command reinforced the interchangeability of allied forces and the agility of NATO command and control structures. Fuck NATO. What, What are we talking about here? Is this as literal as I'm reading it? Or again, am I just, do I not get it? This transfer of authority constitutes a tangible, transparent display of advanced capabilities in all domain operations and the defensive commitment of the NATO alliance across Supreme Allied Commander Europe's area of responsibility. These are our boys and girls. This is our property, our ships. What are you talking about? So it says, uh, so, and, and obviously this is not like some precedent has been set. It's been going on. NATO last assumed command of a U.S. carrier strike group in March of this year during the USS George H.W. Bush's scheduled deployment to the Mediterranean Sea and participation in the Neptune strike 2023. So I, I would love to get a little bit more insight from people, whoever has some to give. And uh, and we go from there. That's terrible to read, though, if it's as literal as it comes off as. So here's another little something I want to do. Now let's go into the... Let's go into this dam. Now, despite what I have put in the description of tonight's episode, we are not going to be talking about honey honey glazed ham. I just needed something that rhymed with uh with damn and ham was it and i just didn't care today in fact I, th- I think i might start writing more and more titles with shows like that one thing that makes sense and everything else that just rhymes i don't know maybe not but today it felt right here is a tweet from one julia Kanan, a journalist conservative libertarian politics history uh apparently reporting on not only us but russian issues and she said this about the footage that we all started getting of this this dam near Curzon. They call it the Kakova Hydroelectric Plant and it has been destroyed. Take a look at this. So you've probably seen it all before from many angles. There's satellite images people have been sharing all day. This is drone image from what is now surging across that entire region. She goes on to say, some of the line the line the big time liner notes of what this is going to do as far as impact. The left side of Kershan will be flooded soon, including several villages. Crimea will have water supply cut off, which is a uh, a number one reason why Russia wouldn't do that. But of course there there's the people who are going to be propagandizing all of this stuff want you to believe and all the people that live next to you that have all their sun faded blue and yellow flags still flying they want them all to believe that Putin is so desperate now that he's willing to cut off several appendages not just his nose to spite his face and to go down swinging instead of going down uh, in an embarrassing fashion that he's not actually experiencing. Crimea will have its water supply cut off. Kakova Reservoir was the key to the irrigation system in the south of Ukraine. That's why the USSR built the cascade of Dinpro dams in the first place. No water equals no agriculture. You can figure out the rest. This might impact millions of people. This is just madness. The top comment there said, it's not a big deal. Remember, guys, food comes from the grocery stores. Now we have a very astute warning from this person, Dana. Dana Dana916 says this, you are about to see the full force of the U.S. brainwashing apparatus attempt to convince unwitting citizens that Russia blew up the Kersian Dam, a move that would endanger their own people and troops and overall objective. Study it. Watch it carefully. Reuters began the push only 20 minutes ago now. Watch the echoes forming. The network take shape. How many outlets now have repeated it? How vast is the information laundering? How many languages are already reading it that have no idea where or what the dam really is? Think slowly and watch carefully here. I want you to study the machine in motion. Very astute. Yes, indeed. And and uh here is a a little bit for you. This is from Zelensky's Twitter. In your face. Zelensky says Russian terrorists. Period. Russian terrorists period. The destruction of the Kakova hydroelectric power plant dam only confirms the whole, the whole world that they must be expelled from every corner of Ukrainian land. Not a single meter should be left to them because they use every meter for terror. It is only Ukraine's victory that will sh- uh, return security, and this victory will come. The terrorists will not be able to stop Ukraine with water, missiles, or anything else. All services are working. I have convened the National Security and Defense Council. Please spread official and verified information only. <laughs> Listen, I'm going to tell you this again. I don't want to live in Russia. I want to live in the United States. I have no, no warm feelings toward Russia. I have no cold feelings toward Russia. I, you don't need to support Russia in anything, whether it be this or any other situation. You don't need to support them to be a stooge and any other stupid sycophantic name that they throw out there to uh, denigrate somebody with common sense. You don't need to support them to see this for what it is. Just like you didn't need to like Stannis Baratheon to know that he was the rightful heir to the throne in Westeros. That's just what it is. Yes, Stannis Baratheon was not the, uh, the the most sexy, he was not as popular as Renly was, but he was the rightful heir. He was, but people did ah, man, you know, Stanis, he's a little prickly. I don't know, I don't like him. He's the rightful heir. All right, it's one of those things where you just acknowledge something without being emotionally invested in it. And that's what we're doing here. That's what we're doing here. Russia has, every day that something like this happens, Uh, That you you can see just what kind of an evil, a silent antagonizing evil was always at their border. Now it's beyond silent and antagonizing. Now it is a self-sabotaging terrorist threat. And you can see what is funding it. Because if Zelensky was all on his own, he'd be, I mean, he'd be in a, uh, an oblong box a long time ago. And he still could be put there by the people who are funding him because he's becoming more and more of a liability. There's no way in, in hell that every meter of Ukrainian land is going back to Ukraine. No way in hell. And I don't think there, I don't think it should. I don't think there, it should. So there's uh there's a little bit of that and we're going to do more of this on the other side of the break. So don't go anywhere. Thank you so much for watching. If you can do me a solid, um it would be wonderful to invite new people to watch the show tonight as I would love to see that happen every night where we we see the the numbers grow slowly but surely and they're 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 happening in in places. It's, our, it's almost like when they say, "Oh, well, I don't know, you, how much do you weigh? I, you know, I don't know where I park it. I don't look that fat, but uh, I'm heavier than I've ever, ever, ever been. I don't, I don't know where I put it, though. We're being seen and heard by more people than ever before. But um, for live nights, I would love to see these numbers start really uh, cutting into other people's action, okay? So let's go on and uh, help me Help me share this far and wide, I have put the live links out across every major social media platform that quite frankly is on and I would love to have your syndication sponsorship tonight with just a little click and if you're already on YouTube or Rumble, if that is your persuasion for the 7 o'clock show, please click the like button. It takes a nanosecond and um, every little bit helps, truly every little bit helps. This is the, uh, the burden of going independent. You need the help of the people who are, uh, who are on the ground with you. So um, help me carry this across the finish line. We will be right back with our guest of honor, BCP. So, this one's for Dan Schumann, 714, and the levee has broken. So, welcome to the show, I am, uh, I'm really happy to be here with you tonight, it is a Tuesday, it feels like a Wednesday or a Thursday, I don't know what the hell's going on. It got late early this week. So, I want to read something to you. I mean, there's more here. There's, uh... I, you know that the the potato woman... Victoria Newland, And her skeletal wicked witch sister friend... Samantha Powers are very, very... Very happy with what's going on with this dam in Ukraine. They're probably the ones who loaded the mortars. So, um... We've caught them blowing bridges, we know that they're blowing pipelines this whole time, lying about every aspect of this war this whole time, so I'm just going to hazard a guess that Russia did not blow this one. But the, the consequences continue to become more and more grave. Like, uh, you know the other thing there too where we start, uh, we, it's actually a little bit sad? When you just start knowing that, oh, okay, well that's, that's our own side that's doing it yeah we're doing it and if we're not actually planting the bombs we know that it's being happened we're we're providing intelligence we're providing the materials whatever the hell else is, is necessary to get this to go off um the other thing that we probably have become I don't know if we we we, we shouldn't take it for granted because we're all still alive but the thing that I th- is easier and easier to take for granted is Putin's patience that I mean The fact that this can continue to go on and on and on with pipelines and bridges and dams and, you know, paper airplane, firecracker drones being flown into uh, Moscow and everything. This is to take the patience and the restraint for granted is something that I mean, I don't know. I I I pray every night that that's I don't know. I, I just don't know what to say. I just don't know what to say. It's like an endless game of stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. Stop hitting yourself. When the hell are you going to slap somebody else across the face? Now, here's something I wanted to throw out there before we bring on BCP because we're going to be doing a couple other topics with him. Not necessarily this. I don't know if he actually covers this as much. But here's from Zero Hedge. Kiev's long-term last resort plan to blow up the Kakova Dam. Exposed. A day after Ukraine's much heralded counteroffensive appears to have failed, we talked about that last night, almost before it had even begun, a major dam in the Russian occupied region of Kurshan is suddenly bombed, prompting mass evacuations as floods spread across the region. As we detailed earlier, both sides accuse each other of the attack that put tens of thousands of homes at risk and might even threaten the safety of Europe's largest nuclear power plant. However, as Raul Largi-Majer writes, twice last year, Ukrainian officials discussed Kiev's plans to blow up the dam, and they provide the receipts for both. Um, Andrew uh, uh, Koriko lays out the real narrative here. The partial destruction of the Kakova Dam on, on early Tuesday morning saw Kiev and Moscow exchange accusations about who's to blame. But a report from the Washington Post in late December extends credence to the Kremlin's version of events. Titled, Inside the Ukrainian Counteroffensive That Shocked Putin and Reshaped the War, its journalist quoted former commander of November's Kursian Counteroffensive, Major General Andrei Kovalchuk, who shockingly admitted to planning this crime. This war crime. Here's the quote. Kovalchuk con- considered flooding the river. The Ukrainians, he said, even conducted a test strike with, high Mars launcher, uh, with a high Mars launcher on one of the floodgates at the Nova Kokova Dam, making three holes in the metal to see if the dampers water could be raised enough to stymie Russian crossing but not flood nearby villages. The test was a success, Kovalchuk said, but the step remained a last resort. He held off. And then they, were, they provide a clip that purports to show the test firing last year, described by the Washington Post. Here is the footage of the strike on the Nova uh, Kharkovsa. Uh, I'm trying so hard. I'm sorry, everybody. On the dam last year when the Ukrainians tested the resistance of the flooding gates with American HIMARS missiles, as stated by the article of the Washington Post. So, here it is. I'm just gonna get right to the detonation. all's well, and then not much as well. We paid for that. You know you know how you went to work every day, sometimes five, six, seven days a week, and busted your ass and then you handed over forty percent of your earnings to a bunch of cross dressing weirdos in in uh in washington d c well not to say that your check in particular paid for that bomb going off, but there was definitely a loan taken out on the collateral that you represent. We, you and I, we paid for that waste. Isn't that, isn't that fun? His remark about how the step remaining, the step remained the last resort, is pertinent to recall at present considering that the first place of the Kiev NATO-backed counteroffensive completely failed on Monday, according to the Russian Ministry of Defense. Just like the Ukraine, how Ukraine launched its proxy invasion of Russia in late May to distract from its loss in the Battle of Artemovsk, to, uh, so too might, does it seem, that has gone through the Kovalchuk's planned war crime to distract from this most recent embarrassment as well. The above-mentioned expan- explanation isn't as far-fetched as some might initially think either. After all, one of the complexity theory's precepts is that initial conditions at the onset of nonlinear processes can disproportionately save, shape the outcome. In this context, the first failed phase of Kiev's counteroffensive risked ruining the entire campaign, which could have prompted its planners to employ Kovalchuk's last resort in order to introduce an unexpected variable into the equation that might improve their odds. Russia had over 15 months to entrench itself in Ukraine's former eastern and southern regions that Kiev still claims as its own through the construction of various defense structures and associated contingency planning uh, so as to maintain its control over those territories. It therefore follows that even the most properly supplied and thought out counteroffensive wasn't going to be a walk in the park, contrary to the West public expectations, thus explaining why the first phase just failed. This reality check shattered whatever wishful thinking expectations uh, Kiev might have had, since it showed that the original plan of the swarming of the line of contact entails considerable costs that reduce the chances of it succeeding unless serious happens, uh, happens behind the front lines to distract the Russian defenders. Therein lies the strategic reason behind partially destroying the Karkova or the Kakova dam on tuesday morning exactly as kovalchuk proved late last year is possible to pull off per his own admissions to washington post the first of kiev's goals that this terrorist attack served was to prompt global concern about the safety of the russian-controlled zaporizhia nuclear power plant which relies on water from the now rapidly depleting kakova reservoir for cooling remember this was the same power plant that um both sides were accusing each other of of shelling and the ukrainians were were exposed as shelling this thing hopefully trying to i guess they were trying to cause some kind of a disaster to pin on russia but again this thing they've been flirting with major major disaster this entire time and now this may uh siphon away a lot of the water that's needed to cool these reactors i guess the second goal is that the downstream areas of Kursian region, which is divided between Kiev and Moscow, have now been flooded. In fact, the geographic scope of Kiev's unconventional softening operation might have expanded to Crimea due to the threat that Tuesday morning's terrorist attack could pose to the peninsula's water supply via its uh, its canal. So there you have the, the other reason why Russia would never do this is because it would be very easy to see that some devastating effects would trickle down to some areas that have already been well within their control for years now. The fourth strategic goal builds on the three, upon the three that were already discussed, and concerns the psychological warfare component of this attack. On the foreign front, Kiev's gaslighting that Moscow is guilty of ecocide, was amplified by the mainstream media in spite of Kovalchuk's damning admission to Washington Post last December in order to maximize global pressure on Russia, while the domestic front is aimed at sowing panic in Ukraine's former regions with the intent of furthering softening, uh, further softening Russia's defenses there. I think it was Scott Ritter who put it this way. He said that uh, that the Kakhova Dam attack is designed to cure the West's Ukraine fatigue because nobody wants to hear it about it anymore um you know if asked there will be people who take out their little tiny yellow and blue flag and and still wave it for you and say oh yes yes go win Ukraine win we're with you but it's not like it was and you see that it's just dragging on and the the money that we are we're just hemorrhaging is just insane so yeah I can see this being a part of the psychological aspect of it cure the Ukraine fatigue and finally, the last strategic goal was that uh, that was served by partially destroying the dam is that Russia might soon be thrown into a dilemma. Kiev's unconventional softening operation along with the Kersian Zaporizhia LOC could divide the Kremlin's focus from the, Bel- uh, the, the Belgorod, Kharkov, and Donbas fronts. Which could weaken one of the three, thus a risk of breakthrough. The defensive situation could become even more difficult for Russia if Kiev expands the conflict by attacking Belarus and/or Moldova. So, can you imagine that if Ukraine actually expanded the conflict and tried to open up a second front? But then again, it's not their, it's not their front, it's not their war. They're open. They they would open up that front. Now, here's the real question here. With Russia having fought everything up until this point with an arm tied behind their back do they just take the other arm out and and steamroll and crush everything because they've been trying to save infrastructure you can see that to whatever degree you can in a war they've been trying to save innocent people's lives but you know you saw how they dealt with terrorists in the past you saw how they dealt terrorists in the past who had to take hostages. After a while, they just say a prayer for everybody's souls and they go and take everybody out. And um, I, I don't know. I'm just seeing... Just, we're, we're still just observers in this. Obviously, we're playing a bigger part than just observing um, through so many buffers and degrees of separation. But who knows where this goes now? They are willing to do literally anything. Literally anything. Tucker Carlson had a little something to say about it. Let's go take a listen to this. A one-minute clip from, I think, the first episode that he just released on Twitter. So I'll be looking out for that. I, it was a 10-minute video that came out today. I have all of his tweets on, on notification now, so I'll make sure I don't, I don't miss any of it. But I thought this was a very, very nice clip put out there and isolated by the Vigilant Fox. Listen to this.
1: It's not like Vladimir Putin is anxious to wage war on himself. Oh, but that's where you're wrong, Mr. and Mrs. Cable News consumer. Vladimir Putin is exactly that sort of man, the sort of man who'd shoot himself to death in order to annoy you. We know this from the American media, which wasted no time this morning in accusing the Russians of sabotaging their own infrastructure. Bill Kristol, the man who once told us that Saddam Hussein was responsible for 9-11, immediately denounced Putin as a war criminal and even more savagely compared him to Donald Trump. The rest of the pundit class made similar, clearly coordinated noises. Putin did it! Putin did it! And their reasoning was simple. Putin is evil, and evil people do evil things purely for the dark joy of being evil. In this specific case, Putin attacked himself, which is the most evil thing you can do and therefore perfectly in character for a man that evil. That was their explanation.
0: And that's a, that's pretty much as much as anybody can really, I, I think that's really the most easily digestible thing that you can give to the average television media consumer. And of course, because it's just so easy to automate the way that this kind of news and information prol- uh, proliferates around the, the internet, uh, just saturate everything with with craziness even if it's just in the comment sections and the comment sections are incredible and mostly non-human anyway we're going to move on to other topics right now and catch up with an old friend what is going on james bcp's with us right now
2: I'm doing great Frank. How's it going?
0: It's going great. You know what? I love the fact that I can call you James now on the show because (laughs) for for a couple of years there I was just I was was, I was always just like don't dox him and now we can just be free and easy
2: (laughs) Yes, yes big hug to everyone out in the BC uh, P slash because we're all brothers and sisters here quite frankly podcast family
0: Hey, before we go anywhere, I know that your big channel was gone I hate when it happens to people Um, uh, Of course my my big channel is YouTube which no matter how many of my friends always would fit multiple times into everybody else's big channels Um, But I'm still here for some reason and I just wanted to say while we have a maximum audience watching right now uh, Before we get started tell people where they can keep up with your show and all of your work Now that you are not on YouTube because I know you have the main address and then you're also on Rumble now and doing a few other things
2: yeah, I think the, be- the, the most natural fit for people who are who have been following me on YouTube would be to just go over to my Rumble channel. Um, it's uh, it, it's always been the URL, bcp.news. bcp.news will always point you to where you can find me the easiest, and right now that is uh, Rumble. Uh, and just to plug for my kids, my kids are still on YouTube. I'm not on YouTube, but uh, they have a, a channel uh, it used to be called the bcp report but they've changed the name and everything differently so they can just be completely separate from me uh they just report the news they don't really go on analysis even though my daughter tends to have a little cheekiness when she reports the news that comes through i wonder where she gets that from i wonder uh, where <laughs> <laughs> but uh do you want to hear her cheek and sarcasm it's called nothing but the news uh they are on youtube and uh, i wish them well as they grow that but uh, bcp.news is where you can find me and the bcp podcast or bcppodcast.com, uh, we're, we're growing quite a bit on the, uh, on the podcasting uh, side over on uh, Apple uh, Podcasts, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Audible, Spotify, et cetera.
0: That's great. You know, do, uh, do the children, is that something that they have expressed interest in doing going forward? Do they like the idea of, of news broadcasting, mass communication, or is this something like a, uh, a, a school project or something?
2: Um no, I I would I, I would be lying to say they have the same passion that I do, uh, but they do have a passion for it. Uh but uh junior, my oldest uh son, he is going into education. So he likes informing and educating. So that, that's his uh that's his you know, uh, his intended uh path. And then uh juniorette Is still on the fence. She actually has considered going on camera and even what have you, Uh, but she just uh, she just barely graduated from college and is recently married. So um, I think when now that they're completely separate from the BCP persona, uh, she may do that in the future. I don't know, but I think she has uh, more of a I don't know. They they uh, they're both kind of playing with it, but you know they they want to chart their own courses. But they're good at it. Uh, They're obviously you know my, <laughs> my my children so you know they've been around this whole thing for the last seven eight years I've been growing it and we did have a it was a family business uh the editor who edits my show uh edits their show so um so you know there there's that there's that but uh it remains to be seen it remains to be seen uh what their ultimate paths will be but uh, they do think a lot I'd say my children are 85 to 90 percent on with my uh with my thinking and I'm glad that's
0: that it's nice. not hundred percent. Well hey listen I, I, I'm I, I liked hearing that knowing that one of your children uh that, that's is, is that the son that I met?
2: Um no no uh he's the uh he's the editor. No he's uh he's barely uh eighteen going into his second okay. year of college. Okay. Uh, he finished, yeah, so yeah not that's uh who you met. Uh, was... my uh my that's my youngest child.
0: Okay. Uh, no. Yeah, he's uh, yeah I was gonna, I was gonna say, you know, if uh, if, if they're eighty-five percent to ninety-five percent in line with you, anybody that's going into teaching with that kind of a mindset is going to be a breath of fresh air, and hopefully they can be part of the 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 the, the education, the private education revolution that's coming to this country right now. Because as long as you got your, uh, I guess your your degrees and your certifications or whatever you need to start teaching around uh, in these these parts of the world, there is going to be so many people that are going to be seeking out teachers who are willing to do things differently, like personal trainers. Um, It's just, uh, you know, the, the, the school system we have now, James, I'm sure you know, has the ability of swallowing up and destroying the best of hearts. That come in with the with the mindset to want to teach and 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 help children, but when they they when they get into that classroom, they realize they have to go and they have to carry water for people that they usually do not want to. So I, I hope that I hope that your son becomes a uh, a big asset in the the coming educational revolution.
2: Uh probably will. I appreciate that, uh, Frank. That means a lot to us. We've homeschooled our kids, so <laughs> that's why. Uh, my oldest kid was 16 in college. Luckily, he's taller than me. I'm only 5'3". Luckily, he was, I don't know, 5'7", 5'8 at the time and had a full-on beard. So no one ever knew that he was a 16-year-old freshman. And then my youngest one, who you met, same thing. He was barely 17 when he started college. But we uh, we homeschooled our kids. And my son is going into education. Most likely, will be part of the charter or private school uh revolution because that's where he feels most most comfortable i don't think he'd be he'd do very well being straddled by at least not like in a california type of public school system for sure yeah
0: and you, you have to you have to very you have to watch the way they use the word straddle these days because there's <laughs> <laughs> it's not i i don't want to even laugh but i mean it's just what what just obscene when i see coming out of uh of schools all over the place. It's just it's just crazy. But you know what? I want to because it's a shorter show tonight. I want to get into a few topics that are not only been hot on your channel, but things that I want to get a nice review on. And I want to start first with this Mar-a-Lago thing, uh, or or, or um, it's really the the campaign war, the lawfaring that is going, the lawfare that's being waged in the lead up to this twenty twenty four election. Now there are people out there who are for Trump. They're against him at all odds, or they're growing more and more indifferent and uh, to the entire thing altogether, and just prioritizing other things in life. But regardless of where you stand, what we are witnessing, we're bearing witness to history every day, both here and abroad, of what people are willing to do to take control and keep control of economies, countries, the world, all of that stuff. And what is being waged against Donald Trump, the man, in order to keep him from running, is truly incredible. And it all started with the Mar-a-Lago thing Then we hear about, the Georgia thing. And and, um, I just would love for you to talk to us a little bit about um, what you have been covering with this, uh, what they say is imminent indictments, multiple. They want him arrested. They want him convicted. They want him imprisoned if possible. What are the liner notes as far as this prosecutor, Jack Smith? What is he working on?
2: Uh, he's uh, working on an obstruction charge. And uh, we, there there's four things that I would say right now, Frank, that seem to indicate that there is there is going to be an indictment of President Trump uh, by Special Counsel Jack Smith with the blessing of Merrick Garland. Uh, the first would be the fact that Trump kind of uh, maybe suggested that would be the uh, the case um you know kind of intimating that perhaps he would be indicted the second thing is that jack smith was uh trump's lawyers went yesterday morning to to dc and there uh, jack smith was there personally so this is this wasn't something happening with uh people down the chain or, or 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 down the uh uh rank and file this was something that the the top cheese himself uh was on there they need mayor uh, garland's blessing no matter what jack smith uh says supposedly is not so supposed to be independent but it's really interesting uh andrew weissman was on msnbc the other day and he was kind of breaking it down and obviously for those not familiar with andrew weissman he really was the Mueller investigation guy muller like biden was just uh, a name uh on the uh, on the on the marquee but the real people uh running the strings uh, running that thing was andrew weissman yep um and andrew weissman pretty much saying you know what they need to do this before the primaries actually that's why i would say imminent it would be now that we're in primaries it would be for it would be before the actual uh republican primary vote to pick the person going into the general election it'll be before there and it's so funny andrew weissman said this must happen because America needs to know if this is a person that uh, has enough evidence to be indicted or not. Which, of course, I thought was laughable because Barr wouldn't even touch Hunter Biden because he didn't want to sway the election. Yeah. But Weissman is now saying this is a good thing for pre- a good thing, even for President Trump. He made the argument that you know this should be out there and he, it should be vetted. He should have his day in court. He doesn't want his day in court. They just want to sully his name with the lawfare. He's got the uh, they're trying to build the RICO case. Against him uh, in at, uh, in in Georgia, we know uh, what uh, Bragg is doing. Even though Bragg just had to let someone go because they were too buddy buddy with uh, with Michael Cohen. I mean, the, the whole thing is uh, incestuous and corrupt. And uh, I guess the latest news I'm now seeing coming out uh, right before uh, we went on air, and I started watching you. You know, I, I've, I've been watching the show since uh, since you started the show earlier about half hour, half an hour ago, 40 minutes ago. Uh, But uh, one of the latest news things is that uh, there are 20 Secret Service people that have been subpoenaed by the grand jury. uh, And they're having, I guess, grand jury testimony and hearings in Florida, even. So, you know, it's just, uh, they're just trying to do everything. They can't beat them at the, uh, they can't beat them- At the polls. At the polls, at the ballot box. So, but at this point, I think people have pretty much, like you said, they're either indifferent or they've chosen sides. And I think uh, no matter what they do, those people who are going to vote for Trump are going to vote for Trump regardless of what happens. And those that have TDS and hate Trump will always hate Trump. There's nothing they can do to make them really to hate him more. Just give, you know, I don't know, uh, confirmation bias for those that already hate him. But uh, besides that, uh, that's where we're at with the latest. So and it, it seems like it's pretty imminent. There's so many things firing at one time.
0: Yeah, well, you know, when you cast such a wide net. And, and again, this is why I always preface this stuff because I don't um you know when we do when we do shows that are current events heavy instead of human interest heavy or anything else like that, I always try to really disclaim again that it, it, it's not really about you have to play the the party politics thing and politicians in general. Uh, all these personalities that we get to know over the course of however many years of following what's going on in the public uh, public sphere is really, um, it's really secondary to just understanding what is being played in, what what is being played out in the soap opera. And, you know, whether or not you are even enthusiastic about voting at all in 2024, if you want to know exactly how our society, uh, here and abroad, is being manipulated and how it is being attacked. You, 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 it's it's incumbent upon everybody to at least understand who the players are here and uh, and and what's going on. The fact that they have cast uh, they have cast such a wide net over everything to make sure that there are ways to screw with Donald Trump, if not imprison him ultimately, uh, that there are more than a few ways to skin this cat. Meanwhile, as you said before with, with, with Barr, who didn't even want to come anywhere close to Hunter Biden because he said it might interfere with an election, when the only reason why any of this stuff is being done is to interfere with an election. If his political career was over, they would have just said, okay, he retired. Let's just move on and continue to, uh, to, uh, to, to, to meld the country into the, into the UN sphere of influence and be done with it all. So it's it's um it's it's infuriating. It really is infuriating to see the to see the, uh, the the contrast between what is being said and what is being done constantly, over and over again. And that's why I think people ultimately check out.
2: They, they do one one thing too that the old guard still thinks that people actually care or influenced by American Pravda propaganda news. Like they think that just this heavy rotation of anti-trump news anti-gop house news is going to sway anybody that 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 battle's already been had and and sides have already been picked those who are once again are listening to the mainstream media and and what have you or you know that you're they're not going to really change uh any minds but since they know that that's not going to work they're they're putting teeth behind this and they're trying to indict and imprison president trump and probably have a wrong interpretation of amendment law uh, to the Constitution, and say, "Oh no, uh, he's an insurrectionist." You know, one of the dangerous things, really, that a lot of people—well, uh, I, I can't speak for a lot of people—but it, it appears to me a lot of people are not aware of is what happened to Stuart Rhodes and and the uh, on the January 6ers mm-hmm. is they are making case law for calling January 6th. An insurrection or a conspiracy to commit insurrection, and that's ultimately what uh, that's going to be their hail mary, if all these other lawfare things don't stop President Trump. And there's no sign that 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 uh, that he's not going to be nominated the for the Republican Party. He's not going to win the primaries. So it, we're really in precarious times, Frank. Uh, they're, they're going and and you know these demons. They have their teeth uh, and everything. Exposed. They do not care. They do not care. Everything is really out there. For anyone who doesn't see it at this point, I don't I I just don't really understand how someone cannot see what's going on. It's yeah, no none of the players are trying to hide anymore. It's 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 right in our face. It's blatant.
0: It's out there. Oh, that's why I love talking about prophecy more and more these days. Because there's only so many ways that you can describe the kind of I mean, yeah, on the most basic level, there is a sandbox politics kind of a thing here where you know certain people don't like other people if you understand how circles of friends operate in high school and college with jealousies and manipulations and you know everybody trying to get a a hand a a hand you know an upper hand on somebody else there's good times there's peace and then there's just you you get to read a room those are the years when you are going through high school and college James, you start learning how to really read a room, how to read somebody's eyes, their body language. You start piecing things together. You know who in the room is hooking up without even having to under, you know, without even getting to really know everybody. Just, it's just something that happens there. That is all you really need to know to understand how the media operates and how people gang up on people and how all of the alibis and all the narratives form in complete contravention of every anything else or contradiction i should say of, of everything else it's sick so beyond that you have to really start hyper focusing on uh, or hyper fixating on the spiritual i really do believe that there's a demonic Uh, element to all of this stuff, and I think that we're talking about mass possessed populations and especially that that witch warlock class in the media that dictates down to everybody else and gives them their marching orders and all their their new trigger words. Um, I'll give you another example of the craziness. Uh, Blue Anon We've got a big blue and on alert. There are two major conspiracy theories that are popping up right now about the Mar-a-Lago thing. There is a conspiracy theory that, uh, that somebody who had drained the pool at Mar-a-Lago the pool was drained, and it it flooded a room, or there was a flood that happened in a room where all of the security tapes at Mar-a-Lago were yeah. stored. They heard so. So Caitlin Collins, the people who at CNN, they have been they have been wetting their huggies talking about this that there was a pool that was flooded to destroy all of the security camera footage, and there are some people who are still saying. That all the evidence that they've been waiting for all these years to get Trump is buried in Ivana's casket. They they have been saying that they say why is a woman who was cremated in a two thousand pound or however many pounds uh, you know bronze casket? They think that there are files in her casket. They keep putting this out there.
2: Uh, I hadn't heard the uh, I hadn't heard the the latter one. I. Uh... Uh, I'm covering on my show later uh, today on the BCP podcast. The first thing you're talking about, the whole CNN. I love these selective leaks. It's like every single day now, the they're leaking to CNN, and they they rotate through Washington Post, New York Times, CNN. So that, so it doesn't seem like a leak. Everyone always has this a fit, this uh, this leak. But yeah, this ridiculous thing about the draining of the pool. <laughs> it is so funny. I mean, if we want to bring this full circle, they're trying to make a case that this is some kind of I don't know. Uh, false flag by you know they 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 did they, they they made this flooding happen so they can destroy evidence. Yet we have the uh, dam being blown up, but we're not supposed to believe that that's uh, Ukraine, right? Right. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So like, so one minute you can be a conspiracy theorist when you believe that it's President Trump and Russian collusion and and flooding of your own Mar-a-Lago hotel, uh, 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 not uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago uh resort to to hide evidence but you know but it's crazy to think that america was in on the the bombing of the Nord stream or that ukraine uh even though they gave all kinds of signs and we have evidence that they uh, they considered it uh that they didn't actually uh do it but you know eventually it all comes out we even got the new york times uh i think it was it today or yesterday saying oh yeah yeah actually uh, there are there are nazis in ukraine it's very complicated and nuanced, you know.
0: <laughs> I'm, oh, you know, I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot to talk about this. The, the, the writing in that article, it was a Yahoo article, right? Um, it, it's, yeah, inc- that was, that was- it's incredible. They said, here's the headline, James, I got it right here. Let me put you up on the screen with me. The headline is Nazi symbols on Ukraine's front lines highlight the thorny issues of history. And they go, what, what, it, it, the writing, they go on to say that they're not Nazis per se. They're just modern Nazi
2: imagery. Yes. Nazi
0: they're not, they're modern heroes with a Nazi symbolism problem. See, they, <laughs> it's just that they lack the creativity to come up with any new symbols, James. They don't, they, yes it's it, it never ends it never I, ends i read that and i
2: almost tinkled my shorts i mean that was just such a ridiculous uh it, it, it's just the, the ridiculousness of it uh when it comes to i'm like you You said something i i i wrote it down because i'm i'm going to uh parrot what you said um uh you said something that uh let's see Oh, oh, I put it. I was on my other. It wasn't here. It was when I was listening to the show coming into the studio. Uh, you said something. Now I'm drawing a blank. Um, it, it was some. some well, I, I completely drew a blank now. Damn. Looking for it. Uh, but you said something so profound that uh, I will be repeating it. I'll just leave it at that that uh, when I go back to, uh, to to my notes. But the uh, everything. Oh, that's what it's about. Uh, about you said something about Ukraine. That this is false dichotomy, right? That uh, that if you. Know that Ukraine is full of it. That you are a shill for for uh, for Putin and you love Russia and all this other stuff. And it's it's uh, it's so ridiculous. But that's the same. There's this, that's the same. You know, false economy they have with us with the uh, establishment politicians in D.C. and having people not realize that you know a majority of it is the same side. I literally think they sit in their cigar rooms and laugh. You know with the, the d's and the r's and going you got to sign a d you got to sign an r so we can fool people and uh isn't it funny how we got people trying to pick uh it's like team uh, my kids back in the day team jacob and team edward you know you've got to pick a team team putin or team Zelensky, and if you're not on one you're on the other it's such it's so uh ridiculous yes oh and, and then of course if you if you are a nazi that's okay now if you're Ukrainian because it's just Nazi imagery.
0: Right, it's just Nazi imagery. It's just, you know, it, you grew up around it. It means something else. So then okay, well well we know that the, the swastika has ancient meaning. That is not, has nothing to do with has nothing to do with the Nazis in the 1930s and the 1940s. The the swastika is ancient in comparison to the, the years that it was being used in Germany in the 30s and the 40s. So then uh, why, can't, uh, why can't most people just, where are all the apologetics for people using swastikas or wanting to, wanted to take back the swastika, which for the most part, aside from that snapshot in human history in the 20th century during World War II, was a sign of peace and rejuvenation but that that that's what it was and it, it's, you can't, it's
2: ukrainian privilege
0: yeah no that's what,
2: it's like remember remember when this all of a sudden was a white symbol sign the AOK. oh it yeah all of a, yeah for years it's just been hey okay but now that's trump's dog whistle that's a uh uh you know a white supremacist thing like no one really knows i'm a white supremacist right until i went like this
0: white power and, that's that's what yeah, it means
2: and, yeah then uh then then uh then the uh the cat was out of the bag.
0: Well, you know that it had to the, uh, only only the left would would spend the time to actually analyze the OK sign, and say, okay, well, what one, one, oh oh, where oh, there's a W and there's a P, that must be this white power. I remember when what, when uh, whole milk in 2016 or 2017, it was getting around that whole milk people if if you drank whole milk, that was a that was a dog whistle for white supremacy as well. But, I had not heard that one. Well, let me ask you this, because you brought up Barr before. Now I want to ask you another story uh, that I know that you've been working on and, uh, and talking about with your wonderful audience, and that is the, um, the FBI. Now, Trump's FBI appointee for director Christopher Ray. He's still enjoying himself in his cushy position there. Tell us Thank you, Chris Christie. Yeah, I know. It's wonderful. Tell us everything we need to know about this cover-up Chris Ray has been involved in regarding the Biden family bribery. All right,
2: this this, this got really interesting a few days ago when uh, Grassley I don't I, I, chronologically it was about the same time that uh, on Sunday, I believe, that Grassley said, yeah, I've, I've seen the document. I, I've seen the document. And they were like, uh, Fox Business or Fox is going, wait, we've seen the document? He didn't really go into detail about it. But then uh, Comer said, they've been asking for this 1023 document, they've been asking for it, and Christopher Ray was fighting them like it didn't exist, like this document didn't exist. And then Comer, Comer tells him on a phone call with him and Senator Chuck Grassley, they tell Christopher Ray, we know it exists because we've seen this document. Now, mind you, this is an unclassified document. There's no reason why Christopher Ray can't hand, uh, uh, hand over this document. For those not familiar, the, uh, the document uh, is, we are now getting the latest news that is from a highly credible informant that has been an FBI informant since the Obama years Highly respected, nothing to there there's really nothing there's really no slime on this individual. He is someone that's revered, uh, and has informed that there is that this document shows that there was a five million dollar bribery scheme involving Joe Biden, then vice president, and a foreign nation uh what having to do with foreign policy. It is a dead-to-rights document. And Christopher Ray is being just like He was with Hunter Biden, and A.G. Barr was with Hunter Biden, total cover-up. And they were denying the existence of, I mean, literally denying his existence until Comer told them on a phone call, we have seen the document. We just want you officially to give it over to us. And then now the latest story is, well, this document is part of an ongoing investigation and of course, that's the default thing. You know, our, our our means and methods and what have you. We can't we can't release it because it's in the middle of. So the document goes from not existing to like we can't release it because it's in the middle of an ongoing investigation, which has been going on for years and nothing is happening. Matter of fact, this uh, this uh, petulant child, this crack horror loving uh, bastard known as Hunter Biden, is flying on Air Force One. Um, yeah. So that's the uh that's that, that's the latest but uh, comer came out uh, today saying that the the person is highly is a highly credible informant then we've got uh congressman luna saying that a whistleblowers can't be uh their names can't go out there because they will get killed this I is mean, okay
0: yeah this i have i have to read this from you uh, oh uh, my god first of like, all
2: what, like, what you're saying everything is out in the open now frank i'll let you cover it but this is what i mean by like they don't even care anymore there's no there's not even an air of like civility and let's keep these things secret like they are absolute murderers killers uh uh, false flag planners and 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 operatives and it's all out there and they don't care they just need to keep the establishment in keep trump out and keep us with their selections as they continue to steal elections even if we know about it and it's blatant in our face
0: and you had said right there too it it It's so incredible to see again, it's the same kind of playbook for so many others where there is months and months of denying something is going on and then there is a throwing your hands up in the air kind of admission, okay, yeah, 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 but so what? Or yeah, but it's part of something else. So they deny at first it even exists and then they say, okay, yeah, but it's part of something else. Uh, or it's being used in an investigation or it's it's a it's a much bigger thing. It's very sensitive or whatever. It's
2: is nuance, it- so, so the it's nuance. I love that's like
0: the new code. Well, there's right? a lot of nuance with people like seth rich you remember with seth rich they said that, that we have nothing on seth rich there's nothing here and then we've realized that about a year and a half later two years three years and then we get more and more and more that they have entire dossiers on what happened with seth rich and that they can't release it under the guise of national security that we're talking about national security interests here but listen to this a um this was from uh, representative anna Paulina luna she said, just left the meeting for House Oversight. The FBI is afraid their informant, their informant will be killed if unmasked based on the info he has brought forward about the Biden family. What, I, I guess the bigger, the bigger point of speculation here, James, is who is in the blast radius? Because the fact that Joe Biden is a sitting president, makes this obviously a big story in itself. But I always tend to assume that these things are stifled because pulling on any thread long enough is going to lead you to far bigger fish. And in this case, there are much bigger fish out there than that pathetic Joe Biden and his crack addicted family. People like Joe Biden don't exist unless they're plugged into larger networks. So I mean, who who does the FBI fear may kill him? Who? Or her, whatever. I have one answer for that
2: in an unrelated way. Jeffrey Epstein didn't kill himself. No. You know, so it's (laughs) – there are so many people whose names – here's one thing, too, that a lot of people forget. That there are a lot of names that will come out from Epstein that will come out from all these things that we don't even know. These are people that are in the shadows. These are the real string pullers that we don't even know exist. So it's not just like the Clintons and the Soros and the Bidens and the Obamas. There are secret, shadowy, very scary individuals whose names we don't even know. And if they are exposed and come into to, to the light of day, their power comes from being in the shadows, from being the king makers and the rainmakers. And they don't want to be exposed. So I think it's a mixture of not just big names, but names we're supposed to not even know and people we're not even supposed to know exist and have true power.
1: Hmm.
0: Yep. I'm with you. There's there's no there's no reason. There's no reason for this, Um, especially uh, there's just no reason for this this whole death threat thing and for the FBI to, to be protecting them as if this is a very important story that they want to get to the bottom of. That's the whole thing here.
2: Yeah, that's a charade. And then to add
0: on top of that, that was today, right? Uh, Congressman Luna
2: on Sunday even said that they, as sitting members of Congress working on the Oversight Committee, she used this term, we have targets on our backs as they are investigating this as sitting members of our legislature on Capitol Hill. She used the term, we have targets on our backs for looking into this stuff.
0: Scary, I'm not saying,
2: very scary stuff indeed.
0: And, And especially since, like I said before, when you think about this, about the Biden family Peddling their name around the United States, around around the world, uh, as a way to generate some income, private income for them. Obviously, there's always going to be commissions inside of whatever hierarchy they're plugged into. But uh, five million dollars, five million dollars. I mean, this this is this is nothing compared to what we uncovered on the laptop itself. It, it's it's it really is. It's such a pittance. Compared-
2: That's their cut. That's probably their. You know, maybe you bring up a good point I hadn't thought about, Frank, and I'm glad you you bring it up that the 5 million is probably just really just their share and perhaps this document sheds light on their 5 million dollar pittance and who are the other people involved in larger amounts than 5 million that's a great point i hadn't actually considered
0: it, it, yeah i mean it's such a the reason why stories like this always make me wonder is because it is such a blatant overreaction for something that we have been able to color in for ourselves on much bigger levels I mean many times over many it's just it's such an overreaction, especially since we've been we, we just came out of an entire five to six year period of whistleblowers who cannot be named but mostly because the whistleblowers didn't exist you know or it was all bullshit and you know they had to actually rewrite what a whistleblower was just so that they can put hearsay in as something that they, they could attack their target of the month. Uh, over or something like that. So it, we we just come from a time of confusion and we're still in one and the theatrics is always the thing that calls my attention to it because other than that there's nothing about the Biden family that is really complicated. There's nothing about any of this. Um No, yeah,
2: they're 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 not even capos like really. They're 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 almost jesters. So I would say that if there's any group of people that will be exposed It'll probably be like Obama-level people who they're really trying to protect.
0: Yeah. Well, uh, James, I'm sorry that we had to have such little time together tonight, because but I have to wrap the show up. I would love to have you back uh, more often. I know we we always say that, and then three or four months go by, but we, you got to come back. And uh, I hope that a lot of people who did not know where you were operating after the the unplugging from YouTube now know. And um, if there's and, and it's official,
2: it, it's it's there's a finality of it. I haven't really discussed it much, but. Uh, I got my attorney uh, involved, and w- there was communication between uh, Google legal uh, and my legal people, and they, you know, they they have the right to terminate your channel for any reason, any time. And uh, but it, it is a finality. I will not be on YouTube again. My so, black sort of Patriot channel is kaput. So, tell so everybody yeah, bcp.news, bcp.news is where they can find me.
0: Okay, so bcp.news. And, of course, when you're on there, everybody can be able to get to oh, the many places that you upload the podcast and your Rumble links. All that is there on bcp.news. Yeah,
2: bcp.news. bcp.news will take them to Rumble. Um, and then any Rumble video will have every other link. Or you can just go to BCP podcast. The name is still the same, Black Conservative Patriot. So if they go on Spotify or or just search for the Black of Patriot, they will find me and my podcast or they can go to uh, Rumble uh, as a launch. So just because Rumble is the easiest place to find me, that's where I point people. And then if they really want to find other places, there's links in the first uh, pinned comment and a description box of every video to where
0: they can find me. Wonderful. Well, James, have a great night. Send my best to all of the members of your family over there, and we'll talk very, very soon
2: likewise brother have a
0: good one thanks for having me on oh always everybody loves when you come back man i'll talk to you in a bit all right ciao all right ciao ciao all right so um that was bcp it was great to get linked up with him again uh i'm just going to jump right into our our super chats and then we'll be off for the night first one up is from ramsey says you don't need to read this okay uh, so you don't need to read this I sent you an email regarding command over US forces. Okay, well, I'll check that out. Thank you so much. I can't wait to read it uh, shake and bake sent me something over here it says don't forget D-Day 1944 79 years ago today. How can you forget? And to your question about NATO and the Gerald Ford, it is my perception that our military isn't for us. And it is a yes sir, no questions asked police force for the geopolitical puppeteers. Um, That is something that I have been under the assumption for a long time there too. Gotta say, that's, that's the way I've seen it as well. I mean, especially since the Korean War. Which was uh, essentially a UN operation, and away we went. No declaration of war necessary. So it doesn't uh, surprise me because as you you track the usage and the deployment of American military operations, both covert and overt, over the last hundred years, then you you start getting the idea that this is a this is a This is a policy enforcement arm for something bigger than the national interests of the American people. Okay? It's a policy enforcement arm. They are literally the world police. And as we know, there are plenty of well-meaning people out there that enforce bad laws all the time because they believe in the mission. But the mission is rotten at this point. So I can't wait to see what people send me in on that front. Dan Schumann on Rumble Rants sent me another very generous super chat, and I really appreciate it. He didn't have to do that. He said, Frank is the man. Now, please get your ass and your family out of New York. Yeah, I'll, I'll leave New York, and then the next place I go, that, that's when I'll, I'll, I'll uh, move someplace, and then a fault line that's been dormant for 175 years will open up right underneath our garage. That's what will happen. Leave Free or Die, 1776, says, So glad to see James back on the show. Just love him and his energy. Been watching him since 2016. I hope you're going to have John Barber on again soon, too. I'd love to have John on. As long as we talk about John F. Kennedy and not Donald Trump or anything like that, I'd love to, I'm going to get back in because he just launched his own, his, uh, another podcast you can still find him i think it's john and i think john barber is uh is posting a lot of his stuff on youtube as well but i'll uh, i'll think of something that we haven't talked about yet or maybe just more stories from the entertainment industry because he's rubbed shoulders and worked with them all so uh that's always a it's always a good night but got a little messy the last time we were on with each other all right and i uh, i I always have the best interest of my my guests involved i want them to succeed so let's uh let's 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 see what happens over on quite frankly.tv pill.net robert sarn says i married my wife donna 36 years ago today can you please wish her a happy annie birthday oh really Took a page out of your book. I proposed to Lauren on her birthday because I wanted to make sure she always celebrated it. Congratulations to the Sarns. Happy birthday anniversary, Donna and Robert. That's wonderful. Queen of Jen says, So glad I have found you again. On here, just found Pilled. I have only seen you with Polly. Love her. Well, I'm, I'm so glad. I would love for her to come back on. Uh, I have booked a few different people. I didn't talk about yet, but in July, in the middle of July, I forget what day. It is, it's right smack in the middle of, Ju- in, uh, middle of July. I know that uh, really graceful is coming back on. I put her in that, that same same arena. They do really wonderful, uh, thought-provoking work. Um, PNW Sasquatch says, keep up the work. Oh, It's only one thing I know how to do, and that is work, Sasquatch. I wish I knew how to relax a little bit more. Uh, It would probably improve my work. Then what would I do? Zozo Dude says, love me some BCP. Great chat. It's always great when he's on, and we'll have him on again soon. I'm glad that we were able to do a lot in a little bit of time that we had allotted to us. I saw the guys in the band just showed up. So the first thing I want to do now, the last thing I want to do right now, is end the show with our badass of the night. Who's the badass for June 6th, 2023? I don't know. That's some badass shit. It's pretty badass. Yes, and the badass tonight. Tonight's badass is Jorge Otero Barreto. After pursuing biology studies for three years in college, Jorge joined the Army in 1959. One year later, he made history when he became the first Puerto Rican to ever graduate from the Army's air assault school. Within a year of completing training, Otero was volunteering to go to Vietnam, the first of five deployments he would make between 1961 and 1970, during which time he would serve with the 101st Airborne, the 82nd Airborne, and the 25th Infantry Division, among others. Otero would volunteer for approximately 200 combat missions during his five deployments, a lofty number that eventually earned him the moniker, the Puerto Rican Rambo. Over the course of five deployments, Otero Barreto would earn 38 commendations, including three silver stars, five purple hearts, five bronze stars, five air medals, and four army commendation medals. One commendation was earned for actions on May 1st, 1968, when the platoon sergeant, along with the men from the 101st Cavalry Air Cavalry Division, was occupying positions designed to pin down a North Vietnamese, Vietnamese regiment in a village near the deadly city of Hue. Early that morning, Otero and his men began getting bombarded by a series of charges by enemy soldiers, desperate to rid themselves of their predicament. Two charges by enemy soldiers were repelled by US troops. 58 enemies were killed in the charges and the assailants were forced to limp back to the village. Rather than wait for another assault, Otero took 1st platoon, Company A to the point position to lead an assault on the village. First platoon quickly began taking machine guns, small arms, and rocket-propelled grenade fire from a scattering of, of spider holes and bunkers. The Puerto Rican Rambo wasted no time in going to work. Otero sprinted to the nearest machine gun bunker and quickly killed the three men uh, manning the position. Gathering the rest of his squad, Otero then moved through three, four, or three more fortified enemy bunkers, Going from one to the next until all that remained was a trail of destruction, the assault by Otero, which allowed the rest of Company A's platoons to maneuver into advantageous positions and overrun the enemy, would earn him one of his three silver stars. In 2006, he was named the recipient of the National Puerto Rican Coalition's Lifetime Achievement Award. Since then, he has been veteran uh, has had veterans' homes and museums named for him, and in 2011 was honored in his hometown when the city named the Puerto Rican Rambo its citizen of the year. So there he is. There he is. Thank you so much, ladies and gentlemen. That's our badass for tonight. I hope you all enjoy yourself. I'm going to go in there and have a little workout. So until tomorrow, we're going to have a great guest in studio. Her name is Marley, and she is from Audit NY. We're going to be taking about... 45 minutes or so out of the full two hours to talk about what is going on in New York, how she and her team and all of her volunteers figured out how bad the situation is, what can be changed, how it really mirrors the rest of the country and the action that needs to be taken by everyday people. It'll be a good one. It'll be, it won't be the full two hours, but I can't wait to introduce you to Marley and, um, and then we'll, we'll take calls and figure something else out for the rest of the night. Until tomorrow, enjoy yourselves. Be good.
2: I'll catch you on the flip side.
0: frankly is film before a live studio audience and now our super chatters starting with shake and bake and ramsey thank you to dan schumann on the rumble also also live free or die 1776 thank you to bcp for hanging out to robert sarnes to queen of jen to pnw sasquatch and to zozo dude we will see you tomorrow night on quite frankly the wednesday night edition Goodbye.